it's me, it's me. It is Mr. Sensational Gino V. Mr. Sensational Gino Vega coming to you. You, in particular, you specifically. With episode 62, a very special episode 62 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. Now, folks, we here at the show are essentially moving heaven and earth today to get this episode out. But I didn't want to come back last week from a three-week hiatus, put out one episode, only to disappear again this week. And furthermore, I realize we're coming into the thick of the holiday season, and I actually have to look ahead at the calendar to see if there's going to be any weeks uh, where holiday times conflict with uh, show times for the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast. In fact, let me check it out right now. We're actually looking pretty good. Um, next Tuesday, Tuesdays being the day that I record these episodes, and later in the evening Tuesday or the next morning Wednesday is when they typically go live on the network. Uh, next Tuesday is the 21st, no holiday followed by the 28th, no holiday, followed by the 4th, no holiday, unless you count um, January 4th as a holiday, being that it is the traditional home of the yearly uh, Tokyo Dome wrestling show put on by the wrestling promotion New Japan Pro Wrestling. Once kind of a storied tradition, it's the promotion has kind of uh, mutilated it in recent years because it used to be their biggest show of the year that would take place every year on the 4th of January, but now they turned it into, it, it became two nights over the last couple of years, so it was no longer really the January 4th show, it was like the January 4th and 5th show, and then this year it's like three shows, so I don't know, whenever, whenever companies do this sort of thing, and regardless of the uh, entertainment format, regardless of genre, I don't know, less tends to be more around special events, around big events, uh, the more you tack onto them, the less special they become, or so it would seem. Um, But we're not talking about professional wrestling. We're talking about the fact that um, this show, getting this show out to you today, is a bit of a Herculean uh, effort. What's going on on my end? I spoke last week about how um, my life has been sort of in turmoil lately. Not in any kind of... um, qualitative way for the most part like I, life is good but just like qu- quantitatively i guess you'd say just the the, the, the amount of things i've got I'm, I'm juggling the amount of uh disruptions to daily life that are going on currently um that's been kind of out of control because um as you may remember my family the sensational family recently moved into our new home here in napa california sensational manor 2.5 and so with any move, you know, there's 5 million different moving parts, uh, I guess, pun intended. Um, so we're in this place and all our stuff's in this place, but we're still in the long, grueling process of getting everything distributed to where it actually belongs in this new house. Uh, getting used to um, the layout of this new house and how we're going to best utilize it. Um, I was sort of having a meltdown Sunday evening. And I was realizing it wasn't based on anything emotional or psychological. It was simply a muscle memory meltdown because um, I'm a creature of habit and we'd lived in our last um, home, the rental home that we were in here in uh, Napa for 
little over two years, I think. Um, so I had it completely dialed in for my needs. I knew where everything was. I could just reach out into the abyss, reach out into the ether and and pull back whatever it was I was looking for without even thinking about it. The, the, the body and mind were in sync. Uh, the muscles were trained to remember what kind of movement it took to retrieve what item and where that item would be so that I didn't even have to really think about it. You know, it was all, all unconscious activity. Well, that is not the case in a new residence where I can't find anything I'm looking for half the time. And uh, I can't remember where I left things because I no longer have familiar landing spots for my various uh, gimmicks and gear. Um, So I was feeling very agitated on Sunday, and then I realized that was why, which is kind of a dumb thing to be agitated about. But as someone who uh, I, I mentioned previously is a creature of habit, you know, you, you, I, I thrive on familiarity. I thrive on regularity. I thrive on um, really mundane um, status quo. I'm a mundane status quo kind of guy, which um, is kind of funny because it seems like that's that's what everyone is from whatever perch they're on. That's what everyone's up in arms about and railing against these days. But for me. Um, boring and reliable and predictable. I'm all for it. So just in general with the move, um, I've been all out of whack and off schedule. I I am just as of today catching up on um, the other content here on the network, on listening to it. Because uh, uh, what was the hair club for men thing? Like I'm not only the president, but I'm also a client. Well, when it comes to the IC Robots Radio Network, I'm not only a content producer, but I'm also a consumer of the content. Long before I uh, got behind the microphone for the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast, um, I was a listener, a listener of the various um, offerings and outputs um, that our station boss, IC Robots, was um, creating from behind his microphone. So normally I listen to whatever his show is at the time. I mean, nowadays it's the world's famous show. Um, I Whatever day it comes out, I usually listen to it that day. If things are really busy, maybe like the next day. But generally, you know, I'm whatever the latest episode is, I'm on it. Because of this move and everything, because I had like equipment packed up, it was, you know, all noise, this, that, and the third, no real environment to listen to podcasts in. Um, I got behind, you know, the, the, the world's famous icy robot show had gone on, uh, uh, season intermission it was back with its second season and, uh, I got three episodes behind. So I'm just, uh, finishing up episode three today. I kind of, that, and that's kind of the, the benchmark for me that things are getting a little bit back to normal, um, that I'm caught up with the world's famous show. Um, if you haven't checked it out yourself, if you're listening to this show and for some bizarre reason, you're not listening to that show. Um, go to whatever platform you listen to your podcast from search. I see robots, I see robots, radio network, hit like hit subscribe and all of that content will be yours. And you too can catch up on the world's famous IC robots show where all kinds of wild shenanigans are going on. He's going dealing with the ongoing drama of, um, food cubes and food cube induced zombies. Um, You'll have to listen to the show to get up to speed with that. Um, He's continuing to um, unbox, open up obscure, strange trading cards from the days when trading card sets were made about uh, just about everything, it seems. He's been talking uh, G.I. Joe 
buying new G.I. Joe toys um, of late. So I've been uh, getting caught up with that as well. I really like the intro music that he has for that G.I. Joe segment. Um, I'm not familiar with it enough yet to be able to replicate it here for you, to, to, to sing it myself. I just remember that one. I was like, oh, this is cool. And then it, it, it's for that segment. So I don't know. I'll, I'll try to commit it to memory and revisit that on a future episode of this show. Anyway, so yeah, turmoil, tumult, um, personal drama. We had a death in the family. Then all, there's been so much weird timing with disease, death, blah, 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 blah. A friend, dear friend of mine just had a, a cardiac incident the other day, and he's fine. But that was like kind of shook, shook me up even more. Um, some other really good friends of ours, their, uh, one of their moms is not doing well. So I don't know, just been weird times and then the holidays are here and, uh, normally I'm a big holiday season guy and it's just like, have not been able to settle into the groove for that at all yet this year. And the time is, uh, running out. We got a bare Christmas tree sitting in the corner. Haven't even, didn't even get it to last weekend. Normally we're like a shortly after Thanksgiving Christmas tree family, Christmas tree sitting in the corner, just got it last weekend, not an ornament on it, not a light on it. Um, we remembered after we got it last weekend that our our, our lights had, uh, a couple strands had bit the dust and we needed new lights this year and we went out to uh, every single possible store in the area and lights were all long since sold out um, and not replenished, I guess, due to uh, supply chain issues. Uh, let's go, Brandon. Thanks, Biden. I, I blame it squarely on him. That there were no Christmas Christmas lights in the store. He's trying to um, ruin the lives of small children and grown adults who still think fondly of um, Christmas lights everywhere. That's parody. I'm not really doing political talk here on the show. I'm just <laughs> echoing the sentiments of the day in a sarcastic manner. Um, I don't really have an opinion on that one way or the other. Um, just as a disclaimer, which is it's kind of sad that such disclaimers are, are um, necessary, but... In this day and age, I've found that anytime I joke in a dry fashion, there's at least a couple of people that take me completely literally, which you do at your own peril. You take Mr. Sensational Gino Vega literal, literally at your own peril. I think I did a segment about this a while back. I think we talked about the L.Y. song from Electric Company back in the day. Literally, literally, literally L.Y., if you remember that. Anyway, um, so in the, on top of all this, uh, moving into a new house, there's been like various services that we have to get set up, different things we got to get adjusted or fixed. And so there's been, I've had to field 5 million appointments with different tradespeople here at the house. But then on top of all that, somehow I ended up in this um, cycle where all these um, unrelated to moving um, personal appointments are all cropping up over the last few weeks. Kids dentist appointments, kids orthodontist appointments, my dentist appointment. I have a dentist appointment today at noon, and this, in a long roundabout way, is why I tell you that I'm moving heaven and earth to get this episode out as quick as I can. It's 9 a.m. right now. Um, I was thinking about my day, and I was thinking, you know what? I don't have to be around to let anyone in the house today to work on anything. Um, I do have that dentist appointment, but that's it. That's all. I can actually get some unpacking work done in the morning, then go to that appointment. Um, dentist appointments are a little bit of a lift for me because we still go to, go to our um, beloved dentist in Santa Rosa, California, which is like an hour drive away, which may seem like a stretch to go to a dentist. But in my experience, if you have a dentist you can deal with, you got to stick with that dentist in any way, shape or form you can. And we still have enough other ancillary business in Santa Rosa that 
it's just an excuse to like, you know, drive an hour there, hit the dentist, and then do a couple other odds and ends uh, that need doing in Santa Rosa. But uh, the point of that is for me, going to the dentist is more than just like a jaunt down the block. You know, it's kind of a commitment. So I thought, you know, I got nothing going on but the dentist appointment today. I can I can work on all the other stuff I've been trying to get to around the house because that's the torture of this. I want to move into this house, but every day something gets in the way and I can't, I, I just see those boxes sitting there that need to be unpacked and I cannot quite get to them. Um, so I thought this morning would be a time and then it suddenly dawned on me, it is Tuesday. It is Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast day and I cannot miss a podcast after being so close to coming off of a three-week hiatus. So I decided I was just going to knuckle down, strap in, buckle down, uh, and do this show, crank this show out first thing in the morning. And so that is what I'm doing. Dropped the kids off at school, came home, ate my breakfast real quick, and now I'm here speaking with you. And on that note, and because there is a garbage truck lumbering down the alley behind me right now. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and actually the garbage truck is going to be apropos when we return. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to finish off this week's very special episode with um, just some notes about uh, what's new in the life of Mr. Sensational Gino Vega. Aside from all that chaos that I mentioned, what's new in this new environment that I have now inhabited for the last couple weeks and what else has been going on. And then we will bid you adieu until next time. But we'll be right back on this very special episode 62 of the Mr. Sensational Genovica podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. With very special episode 62 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. And yes, folks, as has been quite the topic of conversation on the show of late, we, the Sensational Family, have indeed moved into our new abode, Sensational Manor 2.5. And I just wanted to share some... News, notes, and observations thus far about our new environment. So far, I've talked about all of the chaos and turmoil and tumult involved in getting in here, but I haven't talked much about the place itself. And so, since this is a show about nothing, since this is a show about plumbing the absolutely mind-numbingly boring depths of my psyche... Uh, plumbing them for content that I can tear out of the darkness and hold up into the light for God knows what reason, it seems appropriate to talk about some of the boring stuff associated with our new home and new 
community, as it were. So, yeah, we moved into um, this place is actually a townhouse in a townhouse development. So it's like rows of single family homes that are, I don't mean that homes themselves are interconnected, but essentially we share a wall with a neighbor. So it's kind of like a glorified condominium, like a, 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 it would it be a house in the shape of a condominium, a condominium in the shape of a house. I don't know. It's about the size of a house. I mean, the kind of house that I've always lived in. So not like a huge house, but it's like, you know, I can't remember the exact square footage, but it's, it's, uh, for those of you who, who know me in real life, who've been to uh, Sensational Manor 2, which was the home we lived in for 10 years in Santa Rosa, it's about the same size. It's a little bit bigger, but it is um, vertical. It's all stacked on top of each other. It's like tall and skinny instead of sprawling and boxy. Um, and there's not really a yard. There's an outdoor patio in the front that you can sit outside in, but... Uh, not much of a yard to speak of, which I'm actually not shedding a tear about. I'm pretty much over yard work and yard maintenance um, at this point in my life. I would be happy never to uh, never to have the yard be part of my life again. I know some people, I get like, you know, uh, Ms. Sensational, my wife, uh, is into gardening. Me, not as much. Um, and I, I totally understand the appeal of that, but just for me, and since I'm usually the one in the family that must mo- m- eh, most of just kind of like the tedious daily yard activities fall upon. I don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. Um, but your mileage may vary. But for me, yeah, the, the, the lack of a yard is not a deal breaker with this house. The entire, the whole point behind this house is it is incredibly expensive to live in the state of California. Housing is very expensive. Um, there are enough people that make ungodly amounts of money that, um, Contrary to the belief of trickle-down economics, I mean, I guess it does trickle down, but the, the, the expensive housing prices, the overblown inflated housing costs kind of trickle down to people making um, decent but like regular salaries and then even worse, you know, trickles down to people that aren't, would be not making enough money to make it easy to live anywhere, much less here in the state of California, which is a bummer because um, as much as... Americans seem to be enthralled with and laud the proverbial lifestyles of the rich and famous. Um, When a place doesn't have, at least in my opinion, um, sort of a diversity of income levels, a diversity of um, occupational backgrounds in it, it becomes very boring. I've talked about this on the show before. I've complained about the city of San Francisco. City of San Francisco that is is basically impenetrable now for anyone who's not um, making a lot of money working for a proverbial tech company. And even then, like the line workers, the ordinary average workers, it's still probably a stretch for them. Um, But yeah, it's become impenetrable for anyone who is not working in tech or some other high-paying industry. Um, And so when you go there now, the culture has really been eradicated from that city. You see a lot of affluent 20-year-old people, or you see people passed out on the corner shooting up heroin. You don't see a lot of uh, stratification in between. Where for a more healthy city, you'll have all kinds of folks. You have quote-unquote rich people, you have the construction workers, you have teachers, you have uh, people that work at restaurants, everything in between combines to make a more interesting place because you don't really want a place 
where everyone is exactly the same. I guess some of you out there may like that. I, for, I, I guess I'm talking about what interests me about life, what interests me about living in a locale. It's very boring if everything is the same. And then, of course, if it's impenetrable economically, then it's not even, you know, like San Francisco may not even, I, I long since wrote off San Francisco. It doesn't even exist for me anymore because there's no way I could ever live there, even though I was born there. Very uninteresting to me at this point in time. Um, where was I? Oh, yes. Expensive housing in um, the state of California. So basically, in California, you've got to shell out um, what in many parts of the country people will be shelling out to live in kind of luxury settings to live in like a normal, what I consider a normal house. Just kind of a modest, modest uh, couple of bedroom, couple of bathroom, nothing wild and crazy house. Um. And so when we were looking at houses to buy here in the city of Napa, California, we were finding a lot of homes in our price point. But the problem with these homes is you would, the homes at our price point, you would have to come up with the dough to get into the house at that price point. But then you'd pretty much have to have about as much more cash on hand, like twice as much as what you're actually paying to get into the house to make it habitable, to fix it up. So basically, extreme derelict fixer-uppers were going for what we could afford to move into. So, and we could afford that, we couldn't then afford to also fix them up and make them habitable. That just wasn't gonna happen. And at our rapidly advancing age, the prospect of living in like a derelict house that's falling apart was not really that appealing. Then we came across this townhome complex, which were, uh, you know, it was being constructed when we first looked at it. It's brand new homes. Yes, they are interconnected um, or, you know, they share walls, whatever. I, there's there's a, probably a better term of art for that that is escaping me at the moment. So, um, you know, it's not the all-American dream of the sprawling house with a giant yard and no neighbors. And I mean, does anyone really have that anymore? Um, I mean, I, I'm sure in some places, but around here, that's that's not really a thing. Um, in any case, these houses were about the same price point, at least initially, as um, the derelict fixer-uppers were. So this seemed like the perfect solution. We could actually get our own spot that we owned and have to deal with a landlord, fix it up however we want to, but we could actually afford to live in it. Uh, the crazy thing is we made a pretty quick decision to purchase one of these. Um, as soon as we had made that decision and the housing market continued to be crazy, the prices on these began inflating like week after week after week. They kept raising the prices on the uh, existing units. So we got lucky. We got in at a time where we could afford. All is good in the hood. So now that we're here, it's kind of funny, though, because I'm realizing we are, at least from what I have seen anecdotally thus far, um, kind of weirdos demographically in this uh, townhome community. Um I think because of the price point, I think because the prices continue to climb for people that didn't buy early on, um, it appears to be um, that a lot of the people living here are quite a bit younger than us. A lot of um, couples without uh, children, where I imagine both members of the couple work professionally, so they have double the income, way less of the expenses because none of the kids, and just plenty of money to, to, to blow on... Uh, all manner of frivolous sundries. Because what what it is, I think, is this is these places are kind of like um, where for us it's like uh, a home that we're able to scrape into after um, years of building equity in another modest home and and, and this that and the other. Um, 
more the demographic here is this is like your starter home for your young, uh, young urban professional. Is that what the, you know, uh, what do they call those yuppies? <laughs> I don't even know if that's really a thing. That was kind of an eighties thing, but, uh, but you know, these, if you are a young couple and both of you work professionally, this would be your starter home as then you move on to your grand, uh, tech mansion down the road, I guess. Um, so it's just kind of funny because it's, it's quite a different, uh, world. I pull my 2005, uh, Toyota matrix into, uh, my outdoor parking space. We have a garage that we can park in, but it's kind of full right now of stuff that we're sorting out. So I've been parking in the, in the, uh, adjacent, uh, parking field here for the community. And I pull my matrix in between Porsches and BMWs and Teslas, a lot of wild cars, um, which is interesting to me. Because you'd think if you could have that much money to spend on a car, you might have spent more money on where you actually live. Like the, the, the cars don't quite match the price point of the homes. Though I guess maybe people spend more money on cars than where they live. It's very I, th- This expensive car thing, I, I, I have a very hard time wrapping my head around it. Um, I'm not, uh, so I'm not a car person at all. I don't like cars. I have a car out, surely out of utility. If there was any other alternative, I would I would uh, take it in a heartbeat. Cars are annoying. Um, cars, I, I just I, I don't see what all the hubbub is about regarding cars, other than the function that they provide. They get get you somewhere in a timely fashion, I guess. Um, but when it comes to like vanity cars, when it comes to um, luxury cars, you know, it's impossible, at least in my experience, to own a car. And not have it get dinged up, weird stuff happen to it that is completely out of your control. I'm kind of OCD. I don't like my stuff getting kind of thrashed, getting messed up. But when it comes to a car, it's like, you know, one day you come out from the supermarket and there's a strange dent. You have no idea how it got there. There's nothing you can do about it. So the, and this is inevitable. This has been the, the, the truth of every car I've ever had. But the cars that I've had have always been basically um, unassuming Japanese imports, Hondas, Toyotas, whatever. Um, so it doesn't really bother me that much when they get dinged up. It doesn't bother me that much as they rapidly deteriorate the second you buy them because it's like I'm buying them as utility transportation. I'm not buying them as part of some image. I'm not buying them as part of a gimmick collection. Um, but God, imagine if you had this car that you're spending all this money on, just just hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on. And the whole point is it's got to look pristine. It's got to look all tricked out and dope. And there's and, and within seconds of purchasing it, it's already eroding. It's already disintegrating. I, I feel like that would drive me mad. I, I don't understand how these people do it. Um, but yeah, that's been a funny adjustment point here at Sensational Manor 2.5 is realizing I'm completely outclassed on the automobile front, though I don't know that I care all too much. In fact, I kind of find it amusing to roll the matrix up in between all of these much more glistening and pretty rides. One other note um, on life at Sensational Manager 2.5 thus far is that um, the fact that they are attached townhomes uh, appeals to me on a very fundamental level, a very Gino Vegan level, because Gino Vega is a person of the city. Gino Vega um, has lived both in city urban areas and more suburban areas. And if he had anything to say about it, if he had complete control over his own destiny, which 
He does not. None of us do. We like to pretend we do, but we don't. Um, he would be a city dweller. But um, that has not been in the cards for Mr. Sensational Gino Vega in some time. Um, prior to moving here in Napa, I lived in Santa Rosa, which is a city, but it's still quite a suburban city. Um, Napa is even smaller than Santa Rosa, but Napa is weird because it has this international tourism component. So there are parts of the city of Napa where you can fool yourself into thinking you're in more of a city-like urban environment. Like the downtown has fancy hotels and has all this activity and stuff going on. So it feels a little more city-ish, even more so than a larger city like Santa Rosa. Um, the great thing about the townhome complex is when you look out the window and you see the other tall three-story buildings, you know, um, creating sort of this plaza out your window, I can delude myself into thinking I'm living in some, some urban environment. I'm living in a city. Um, one of the little thrills I get at this place is um, the front-facing part of the uh, home faces uh, kind of, again, like a little... Um, What's the, the term? It's a paseo. It's like my patio faces the patio of my neighbor across the way, creates this outdoor sort of plaza between the two rows of homes. The back side of the house, uh, the side that my garage faces out from, faces the garage of the neighbor across that way, creating like a little alley of garages facing each other back there. Um, that's where you put your trash out to be collected. You put your three cans, your recycling, your garbage, your yard waste cans out in that alley. And then on garbage day, the garbage truck actually drives through the alley and picks up the cans. So I can look out my second story window and see the garbage truck right up against my house. And it feels, it reminds me of when I used to live in, a, in apartments and stuff in Oakland, California, in San Jose, California. It, it feels like big city stuff to have that garbage truck just right up next to your window collecting your garbage. Just love that feeling. Um, your mileage may vary. Maybe you're more of a, a suburban cat. Maybe you're even a rural individual. But for me, it's the, I, I just love that, that feeling of urbanity. Um, but here's the thing. Because there's still construction going on here, that garage alley gets all clogged up with people working on the buildings behind ours, which aren't quite done yet. Um, so for the first couple of weeks, we've had spotty garbage service. Um, the recycling can will get emptied, but the other two cans won't. The uh, other two cans get emptied, but last week the compost, the yard waste can, didn't. Um, that's because for the way the trash business works here in Napa, it's it's three individual trucks um, for each type of uh, waste receptacle. And folks, really quick, I just want to apologize for that buzzing that was going on in the background for the last minute or so. Um, there was some kind of construction gimmick happening right outside my window. I paused for a moment, but it has since subsided. Construction will soon be done on that side of the house, so it should not be affecting uh, the pristine recording quality of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast moving forward, but we just had that issue going on today. But in any case, last week, our as I was saying, our yard waste bin did not get picked up, and our yard waste bin is not really yard waste. It's like food waste because we are able to Compost food waste here in Napa County, much like in Sonoma County. Uh, your mileage may vary based on what region you live in, but this is a kind of a newer phenomenon in these parts in the last few years, being able to essentially recycle food waste, sending it back to the earth, back to where it came from, rather than uh, clog up the garbage disposal. So it's actually been a much, um, very welcome change 
uh, for me because I used to um, cause myself a lot of aggravation by clogging up garbage disposals. And now I rarely send anything that route. Instead, it goes into the compost bin and it goes into the food waste compost uh, big green uh, can that we put out to be picked up by a truck. Uh, when we moved into the new house, I purchased a little white cylindrical canister that says compost on it and has a compostable bag inside and you can put the waste in there and then when it's full, tie up the bag and go bring it down to the main can down in the garage. Um, Miss 2, my 13-year-old daughter, does not approve of this uh, compost waste bin, the, the kitchen counter one that I bought because it's I, I guess it's supposed to look kind of like farmhouse-y. Kind of like, um, who are those people that used to have that TV show on like TLC or one of those channels? The kind of uh, Waco, Texas couple that, that's always uh, using shiplap to uh, remodel homes. I can't remember their name, but they're, they're like Magnolia Farms. Now they're like a lifestyle brand. Anyway, it kind of had that look, and that's not why I bought it. I bought it for utility, but that's just how all those thing, gimmicks look. They That's trendy now, that kind of horrid Magnolia Farms look. But my... Uh, Daughter, my 13-year-old daughter, Miss Two, was very irritated that I bought it, and she said it looked like it was some live, laugh, love BS, except she didn't say BS. She actually said the term. I don't know what to tell her. She's actually been agitating about appearing on the show at some point, so uh, we will see what the future holds in that regard. But in any case, yes, our yard waste did not get picked up, uh, and it was very full called the uh, garbage service and they said someone would come out to get it. The following day, no one did. We called again. They said someone claimed to have picked it up at one. No one had. So they said someone would come up the fo- come out the following day. And someone did indeed come out the following day, but they took the entire bin. It was just gone. The yard waste can, the big green one that we put out in front of the house or out in the back of the house, was just gone. And uh, so we called them and they said, oh yeah, sometimes... Um, the uh, can accidentally falls in the truck when it's being emptied. I find that very um, kind of fishy because I've been uh, taking cans out to be, uh, you know, removed, not remove the cans themselves, but have the cans content dumped into garbage and recycling and composting trucks for years now, probably decades at this point. And I've never known that to happen. I kind of feel like the driver was maybe irritated that I kept calling to alert his uh, supervisors that um, stuff wasn't getting picked out. And he might have he might, he might have had a little fun at Gino Vega's expense. In any case, I got a new can now. And it went out today. And all three got picked up early this morning. So happy ending here. At Sensational Manor 2.5. With that, folks, I'm going to start wrapping it up. Um, again, just getting up to speed here. Um, these first couple episodes back from our long break. As I move in, and like I said, I almost forgot to even do this today and had to get it done right quick so I could go off to the dentist where I am headed now. Uh, Please pray for me. Thoughts and prayers. Send them my way, please. I need them. Um, Actually, dentist isn't that bad. I'm exaggerating. But um, I will be back next week. Next week will be the 21st. And next week, you know what? We are going to do a very special holiday episode of the show. I don't know that I've ever done one before. I don't remember doing one. It's possible I've done one, but I am going to do one next week because it's a perfect time. It's it's Christmas week. Um, the holidays will be in full throat, but it's not like right on Christmas. So some of you might actually be listening to it, you know, as you prepare for your own festivities, whatever they may be. Um, I guess I'll probably check in. I my holiday season, like I said, it, it was hard to get rolling this this year. It's one of the worst ones um, in recent memory. 
as far as logistics go. But it is um, going to be hitting an uptick starting tomorrow. I have a couple fun holiday events going on that I hope will bring me closer into the feeling of the spirit, <laughs> into the feeling of the spirit, into the spirit of the season. Uh, even if that season wasn't quite as protracted as I usually prefer the holiday season to be. Um, going to an event on Wednesday night at a local establishment that I frequent. They're having their Christmas party, so we're going to go to that. Going to a holiday dinner with Ms. S um, at one of our favorite restaurants, a Japanese restaurant uh, in, of all places, Roner Park, California. Um, we're going to their annual holiday dinner on Friday. Um, doing my family, extended family Christmas on Sunday the 19th um, because my brother's in-laws are coming to visit from Ukraine for three weeks and they're going to be doing their thing on Christmas proper. But we'll talk more about that next week. We'll talk more about that on the extremely special episode 63 holiday edition of the Mr. Sensational Gina Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. Until then, it is me, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, and I am. I